Take away the world's desire when we pray. Holy Spirit, lift us higher when we pray. When we pray. When we pray. Let it not be for a season when we pray. Give us wisdom and not reason when we pray. Let your name be our petition when we pray. When we
the church. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I come before you, Lord, recognizing that you are supreme in authority. Your power is great in the heavens and the earth, and your anger is shown against all wickedness and the evil imagination of men. Father, I boldly approach your throne yet again, this time asking for grace and mercy for your bride, the church. Your word says that judgment shall begin at the house of God. So let the church bear the greatest indictment because your invisible works are clearly seen, demonstrating your eternal power and divine nature. All men are without excuse. Yet through hypocrisy, we have given place to your enemies to blaspheme your great and holy name. Because of our perversion and deceitfulness, which brings shame to your name, they question whether we are really your children. For this cause, Lord, we are guilty and bear the greater burden. We have been weighed in the balance and been found wanting, yet we refuse to change our path. We have been deliberate in our great trespass before you, Lord, and we are not hidden from your sight. We have provoked you to anger with our foolish and unwise behavior, being spiritually blind and naked, allowing the world to see our shame. Heavenly Father, because you are a God of mercy and great compassion, we come before you in humility that you may examine our ways. We come before you confessing that if we humble ourselves and pray, seek your face and turn from our wicked ways, then will you hear from heaven, forgive our sins and heal our land. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we thank you, Heavenly Father, that your hands are not shortened that they cannot save, nor your ear heavy that it cannot hear. We stand before you, Lord, to answer the indictment that has been laid against us and pray that through repentance our sins will be forgiven. For we have done wicked things in your sight, even rebellion against your commandments and your continued reminders and warnings. In the name of Jesus, we acknowledge our shortcomings and weaknesses, seeking to be washed in the blood of our Savior Jesus Christ. For we were called to be the salt of the earth, of people that would bear witness to your name, follow your examples, live by your commandments, and set a difference between that which is holy and that which is profane. Instead, our hearts have been pierced with the desires of the world, and we have adopted their ways, chasing after materialism and lust and compromising your standards. We have not sought you for who you are, but for what you can give and how much we can get. We have allowed worldliness into your church and created unholy alliances with the world, calling that which is evil good and that which is good evil, while refusing to take a righteous stand. We have sought validation from the world and coveted the admiration of men who have perverted your statutes for selfish gain. We have shown them all that is in your sanctuary, giving access to thieves and robbers who now make merchandise of your sheep and a mockery of your name. We have failed to protect the innocent, neglected the cries of the poor, and watched as families are being destroyed. We have not sanctified you in the eyes of the people, becoming powerless gift chasers who adorn the things on the outside while failing to address the evil within. We have compromised your word by seeking popularity and friendship with the world, choosing to entertain the masses with our talents and gifts while watering down your word and speaking fables instead of convicting people to change. We stand idle as the innocent are snatched from the womb while we defend the guilty giving them place on your stage. We are consumed with the pursuit of wealth, while at the same time we are robbed of morality, dignity, and holiness. Through compromise and exploitation, we have lost our influence. Through sermonettes and motivational speeches, we have catered to itching ears, and through hypocrisy and double standards, our pulpits have been stripped of power and authority. 
We have even embraced the lifestyles of this world and distorted the meaning of your love instead of preaching the sovereign design and plan of God. We have lost our way, Lord, and given over to the cares of this life. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, forgive us, Father, for we bombard your throne with selfish prayers while the world around us declines in decay, drifting further and further away from you. We have been mesmerized by the lust of the world and desensitized by its influences while engaging in unspeakable acts, adultery and fornication, abortions, drunkenness, promiscuity, hatred and insensitivity, drug use, blasphemies, idolatry, man lying with man, women lying with women. We defile ourselves by flooding our minds with pornography, immorality and lust, and other kinds of sexual perversion. We have neglected our children and not taught them your ways, putting success and riches before love and direction. We have allowed our marriages to grow cold, harbored unforgiveness, and refused to show affection, while opening the door for the enemy to wreak havoc in our families. We have become a lukewarm church, lacking holiness and obedience to your word, even denying your name, Lord, and abandoning the cross. We have allowed false prophets to operate in the church while embracing false gods and religions. We are in a backslidden state and confess our sins before you. We were all born into this world with something to surrender, but so many of us have refused to let go, choosing to embrace our fallen nature by making excuses for sin as opposed to trusting your word for deliverance and healing. In doing so, we have denied the power of the cross and the delivering authority of your resurrection. We go down in the water, but never come up, sinking further and further into the depth you gave your life to conquer. We have titles without meaning, performances without actors, services without substance, and buildings that are lifeless when it comes to the real power of God. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we repent, Lord, and ask for your forgiveness. Lord, let your anger and fury be held back, and let your mercy fall upon us as we repent of our wicked deeds and turn back to you. Let us once again be the people you have chosen to show yourself strong in the earth, that through our examples and trusting your word, the world will once again look to the church for salvation and demonstration of the true power of God. Lord, please hear our cry, incline thine ear, and behold our frail state, that we may eagerly approach your throne with boldness and have confidence at your appearing. Your word says that you will never leave or forsake us, and we come to you by faith, knowing that without faith it is impossible to please you. Deliver us from the guilt of the past and wipe away all condemnation, for through our sin we have given the enemy access to our lives and the legal right to carry out his diabolical plan of destruction against us. But now, Lord, through repentance, his rights have been revoked. In the name of Jesus, we denounce Satan and his demonic forces of evil and his rebellion against the kingdom of God. In the name of Jesus and the finished work of the cross, he loses all rights to torment, deceive, destroy, afflict, and manifest himself in the lives of your people. And we sever all ties, cooperation, agreement, conspiracy, and relationship with the world and the world system. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we command Satan to loose every stronghold, demonic manifestation, false belief, vice, grip, addiction, spell, and curse right now according to the word of God. We choose you, Lord, and the finished work of the cross, and want no part of Satan and the temptations of this world. I declare right now that we are loosed in your precious name. Lord, we renew our covenant and commitment to you, 
and exercise our choice to faithfully serve you with all of our heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. In the name of Jesus, we make a conscious choice to turn back to you and once again follow after your statutes and commandments and pledge our undivided service and devotion to you. But we have been bought with a price and serving you is our reasonable service. So help us, Lord, to be lights in this world, ambassadors of the Most High God and instruments of righteousness, representing your will and not our own. I pray, Lord, that our hunger and thirst for you is never quenched and that you give us both to will and to do your good pleasure, that we as a church may fulfill the calling and purpose that you have spoken over our lives. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, we denounce the pleasures of this world, false doctrine and all forms of spiritual adultery. We pray that you expose the synagogue of Satan operating behind church walls, every lying and deceitful spirit and demons operating as the angels of light. Let us not worship or reverence anyone or anything but the true and living God and drive out the spirit of Antichrist. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that you remove all doubts and bring revelation to every distortion of the truth and that we drive out the spirit of Jezebel that teaches fornication, lust, and idolatry that her curse, seduction, and influence be broken and bound right now in the name of Jesus and erased from the hearts and minds of your people. I ask, Lord, that the depths of Satan operating in the church be exposed and driven out in Jesus' name, that we no longer defile ourselves through the lust of the flesh and the pride of life, hating all evil, pride, arrogance, and the evil way. Grant us spiritual discernment that we are not deceived, let us examine the fruit of a man and not be gift chasers led astray by talents, gifts, and charisma. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that the church will once again be known for its good works, love, faith, dedication, patience, and compassion to all men. That we hate the sin but love the sinner, understanding that we have all fallen short of the glory of God. Let us love according to the word of God, standing on the truth preaching the word in and out of season and making no provision for the flesh while understanding that grace is not an excuse for sin and a justification for heaven. Help us, Lord, to minister without compromise to those seeking the truth and be found without spot or wrinkle, boldly proclaiming the truth of Christ and the power of his resurrection. Let us live and reign with Christ, clothed with holiness and abiding in his presence through eternity. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I speak life into your church and come against all dead things. Let our branches bring forth fruit in their season and our roots be nourished by the waters of life. Let us be called and set apart, chosen and faithful, serving as kings and priests in your kingdom, knowing that we are in the end times, that we be not lulled to sleep by the passing of days, nor deceived by scoffers who deny your coming, but that we are watchful and that day does not overtake us as a thief in the night. We are pilgrims in the earth, and this is not our home. So we look forward to the rapture and second coming of Christ, having faith that the promises of God shall come to pass. In the name of Jesus, I pray that we hold fast to our belief that you are the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man cometh to the Father but by you, and that we never lose our boldness and passion for the Most High God. In the name of Jesus and the power of his blood, I pray that we are not weary in well-doing, and that we have a desire to spend quality time in your word and in fellowship with you. That we neglect not the fellowshipping of the saints as we are one in the body of Christ and sealed by the precious gift of the Holy Spirit. That we may all faithfully walk in the calling and purpose we have been given, pressing toward the mark and high calling of Jesus Christ our Lord, 
I thank you, Lord, that you are able to keep that which we have committed unto you against that day, and that nothing we have done is in vain, but all things are accounted to our heavenly account that we may be rich towards God. Lord, let us run this race with patience, looking unto you who has endured the cross and despised the shame for the joy that was set before you, that our names be confessed before the Father and written in the Lamb's book of life. I pray, Lord, that we are steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the love of God, that we may receive a crown of life promised to those who endure unto the end. Now unto God, who knows the beginning from the end, who is our shield in time of trouble, and who causes us to endure the fiery furnaces of life. We give you honor and praise. We proclaim and ascribe greatness to your name, for your deeds are perfect and all that you do is just and fair. You own the cattle on a thousand hills and cause darkness to flee in the presence of light. I pray, Lord, that we demonstrate our gratitude for all that you have done by keeping your commandments. For your word says, Obedience is better than sacrifice, and rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Let your word be a light unto our path, revelation in darkness, and our blueprint for all matters pertaining to this life and the one thereafter. It is through you, Heavenly Father, and the power of your might, that one could chase a thousand and two could put ten thousand to flight. For greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. These things I ask and pray and affirm in Jesus' great and holy name. Amen. 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 Good evening and welcome. And thank you once again for joining us on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweeping End Time Bible Study. We're going to be talking about the prophetic message. This is, um, this part will be like a what, two part? Yeah, it'll be a, like a, a two-part, yes. Maybe a three-part series. We'll yeah, see. We'll see once we get started here. We'll see mm. just what it's going to be, yes. Yes, and so we just want to thank you. We're going to be starting in uh, Revelation chapter 14, verses 6 and 7. Revelation chapter 14, verses 6 and 7. Then I saw another angel flying in the midair with the eternal gospel, which is the good news, to tell to the inhabitants of the earth, to every race and tribe and language and people. And he cried with a mighty voice, Honor God and give him glory, for the hour of his judgment has arrived. Fall down before him, pay him homage and adoration, and worship him who created heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. Amen. 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 So the judgment message is in Daniel 7 also and 8, which links directly to Revelation 12, 14. Let's look at uh, Revelation 12, 14 while we are there. Revelation 12, 14. But the woman was supplied with the two wings of a giant eagle, so that she might fly from the presence of the serpent into the desert, which is the wilderness, to the retreat where she is to be kept safe and fed for a time and time and half a time, which is three and a half years. So in Daniel 7, 25, we'll look at that in the Old Testament, Daniel 7, 
Matthew chapter 7, verse 25. And he shall speak words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change the time of the sacred feast and holy days, and the law. And the saints shall be given into his hands for a time, two times, and a half a time, which, again, is three and a half years. So, Daniel 7, 25 is connected to Revelation 12, 14. Yeah, that's the good thing about Revelation. It all connects together. Yes, that's it does. Not, it's not divided at all. You can, you can go from one to the other and it connects together and just tell you what's getting, what's happening in today that's letting you know that God is up. He's in, He's getting up. He's in God up from the throne of what? That's right. From he the, is still, He's in the most holy place. Right. So right now He's still interceding right. for us. He was in the holy place, but He's in the most holy place still interceding for His people. But He's on His way. Now when He leaves that most holy place, that's it. That's it. There will be no more grace period. There will be no more uh, interceding for us. It, that, it'll be it. And right. what makes it so bad? We won't know when that didn't happen. No, we won't. We won't know when that would happen. We so won't even have no clue when it happened. We need to get it together now. Because mm -hmm. when God leaves the most holy place, probation is what? Closed. Closed. That will be, you can't, it won't be no more uh, able to ask for forgiveness for your sin. Because the Holy Spirit is already being pulled now yeah. from the earth. It's being pulled right now. The Holy Spirit is being pulled little by little. And when the Holy Spirit is pulled, if you... If you just stay just. If you unjust, stay unjust. If, if you, you're filthy, stay filthy. That's right. If you're holy... Hey, that's right. You just stay where you're at. You're stuck where you're at. That's right. You won't be able to change the way what you are. If you, wherever you're at, you're stuck because the Holy Spirit is being poor. And when it's poor, men's heart that wax cold is wax cold. That's and right. And they'll stay that way. Amen. So here we find the three angels' message, which contain the themes of creation, judgment, and gospel. And we're going to read those in Revelation 14, 6 through 12. We already read Revelation 14, 6 and 7. We're going to start with Revelation 8 through 12. Then another angel, a second, followed, declaring, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She who made all the nations drink of the wine of her passionate idolatry. Then another angel, a third, followed them, saying with a mighty voice, Whoever pays homage to the beast and his statues and permits the beast, stamp, mark, inscription to be put on his forehead or his hand. 10. He too should have to drink of the wine of God's indignation and wrath, poured undiluted into the cup of his anger, and he should be tormented 
with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angel and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever. And they have no respite, no pause, no intermission, no rest, no peace, day or night. These who pay homage to the beast and to his image, and whoever receives the stamp of his name upon him. Here comes in a call for the steadfastness of the saints, the patience, the endurance of the people of God, those who keep God's commandments, and their faith in Jesus. Mm. And that's what we got to remember. These texts present God's urgent and final call to prepare for the second coming of Jesus. The message of the first angel is indeed the everlasting gospel because it's the same truth that the apostles preached when they said that people should turn from these useless things to the living God who made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and all things that are in him. We're going to look in Acts chapter 14 and verse 15. Acts 14, 15. Okay. Men, why are you doing this? We also are only human beings of nature like your own, and we bring you the good news, the gospel that you should turn away from these foolish and vain things to the living God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything that they contain. And see, and let's look in Acts 4.24. Acts 4 and 24. Okay. Acts 4.24. Okay. And when they heard it, lifted up their voices together with one united mind to God and said, O sovereign Lord, you are he who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything that is in them. So that was compared to Acts 14, 15. So that is highlighting the importance of the message and the fact that the word gospel itself appears only here in the book of Revelation. That's right. Amen. So whenever we preach about end-time events, we must make certain that the gospel is at the core. That's what we got to understand on that. We got to make sure the everlasting gospel right. is that's, what we need to speak about. That's why he tells us that we must read Daniel and Revelation because those two books are very important. Yes. We get a little extra points for the reading. He said uh, you get a blessing. A blessing from mm -hmm. reading those two books because they are the gospel. That's right. Amen. You know, the portrayal of the angels we call the description of Christ. Let's look in Revelation 1. Revelation chapter 1, and we're going to start with verse 13. Revelation chapter 1, verse 13. And in the midst of a lampstand, one like a son of man, clothed with a robe, which reached to his feet, and with a girdle of gold about his breast. His, hand, his head and his hair were white like white wool, as white as snow, and his eyes flashed like a flame of fire. His feet glowed like burnished bright bronze. 
as it is refined in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of many waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and from his mouth there came forth a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like the sun shining in full power at midday. You know, and of the divine like man and linen, also in Daniel's last vision, let's look in Daniel chapter 10, verse 5 through 6. We're looking in Daniel chapter 10, verse 5 and 6. And I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a man clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with pure gold of Euphus. His body also was a golden luster like berry. His face had the appearance of lightning. His eyes were like flaming torches. His arms and his feet like glowing, burnished bronze, and the sound of his words were like the noise of a multitude of people or roaring of the sea. Isn't that something? Yeah. So Daniel seen this too. He said, I lifted my eyes and looked, and behold. Also, we're going to look in Daniel chapter 12 and verse 5 and 7. Daniel 12, 5 and 7, 5 through 7. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, there stood two others, the one on the brink of the river on this side, and the other on the brink of the river on that side. And one said to them, Man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, how long should it be to the end of these wonders? And I heard the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, when he held up his right and his left hand towards the heavens, and swore by him who lives forever that it should be for a time, times, and half a time, or three and a half years. And when they have made an end of shattering and crushing, the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. Amen. That may be finished. Mm. So, so this is suggesting that they are identical. Oh, yeah. We just read. So in Daniel 12, 6 and 7, he swore by one who lives forever as he gave the prophecy of three and a half years, which is, 1260 years. Yes. So this is a repeat of the crucial prophecy given in Daniel 7, 25, describing that God's people would face terrible persecution. Another truth that is repeated in chapters 12 and 7, like what we read as well. Yes, that's from, or that's from old and new. That's letting you know that this is coming again. This is coming again. This is going to so happen. In other words, Daniel seen this, but yeah. Revelation revealed it. Right, right. And this, uh, it's going to happen again. That, that's what Revelation. Revelation is, is, is the prophecy of what's coming again. What's going to happen again? At his second coming. Yeah, second coming. So this is going to happen to God's people. 
again. It's, so well, he's got to prepare his people for these things. That's why some people are, are leaving early. God knows the ones that can can handle this and ones that can't. Exactly. So we're going to read in Revelation chapter 10, starting at verse 1. Revelation chapter 10, starting at verse 1. We'll read um, probably down to 7. Let me see. Then I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven, robed in a cloud with a hollow-like rainbow over his head. His face was like the sun, and his feet were like columns of fire. He had a little book, which is a scroll, open in his hand. He set his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land. And he shouted with a loud voice like the roaring of a lion. And when he had shouted, the seven thunders gave voice and uttered their message in distant words. And when the seven thunders had spoken, I was going to write it down. But I heard a voice from heaven saying, Seal up what the seven thunders have said. Do not write it down. Then a mighty angel whom I had seen stationed on sea and land raised his right hand to heaven, which is the sky. And swore in the name of by him who lives forever and ever, who created the heavens and all they contain, and the earth and all that it contains, and the sea and all that it contains, he swore that no more time should intervene, and there should be no more waiting or delay. But that when the days come, when the trumpet trumpet call of the seven angels is about to be sounded, then God's mystery, his secret design, his hidden purpose, as he has announced the glad tidings to his servants, the prophets, shall be fulfilled, accomplished, completed. Then a voice that I heard from heaven spoke again to me, saying, Go, and take the little book which is open on the hand of the angel who is standing on the sea and on the land. So I went up to the angel and asked him to give me the little book. And he said to me, Take it and eat it. It will be bitter to your stomach, though in your mouth it will be as sweet as honey. So I took the little book from the angel's hand and ate and swallowed it, and it was as sweet as honey in my mouth, but once I had swallowed it, my stomach was embittered. Then they said to me, You are to make a fresh prophecy concerning many peoples and race and nations, languages, and kings. Did you hear that? I heard that. So, Revelation 10 reveals that the experience would not all be pleasant. It was sweet as honey, but it was bitter. Yeah, like you said, John ate the book as commanded, and it was sweet in his mouth, but bitter to his stomach. John stands symbolically for the people who internalized the book of Daniel. Right. So it's going to be like what's happening right now. And it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. This is why God is telling his people, get ready. 
get yourself ready. Get a relationship with me. Build a one-on-one relationship. Get yourself in order. So I, I can prepare you for this because these things, look at what's happening. Mm-hmm. Just look around you and see what's going on. God wants us to get prepared for what's about to come up. Well, you can be regardless whether you live or die for God. You'll be content and ready to go. No, and that is true. You know, this prophetic description was believed was fulfilled in the malaria movement, which arose in the first half of the 19th century mm-hmm. amid great worldwide interest in end-time events. So it also describes the bitter disappointment of those who understood that the long-time prophecy in Daniel referred to their time, but not as they had first thought. Because, you know, in 1844, they thought that was it, that Jesus was coming even then. But the 2,300 evenings and mornings did not signal the return of Christ, but rather the beginning of the great judgment scene of Daniel 7. You know, we read in Daniel 7 of what he saw. Right, right. See, and that's that's the same way it's happening. Everybody said Christ is coming soon. Yes, he's on his way back. But that thing that has to still happen before Christ comes back. And it's only for our good to give us time to get ourselves ready. Exactly, because... What happened when you read in Revelation 10 and 11, after John was told, right after the bitter experience, John was told to prophesy again concerning many peoples and nations and tongues and kings, which is what? The everlasting gospel. everlasting gospel. And it has to be preached all over the world. And it's doing that and it's doing it fast because the things that we have to do it with Technology is fast and quick, and it's going all over the world. It sure is. So it's happening much faster than it ever intended for it to happen. So God, that's what God is telling us. My people, get yourself in order. Get yourself ready, because we're the last son of Laosian church. So he's talking to us, get ready, my people. That's right. Let's look at Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 10. Okay. Jeremiah chapter 1 in the Old Testament. There it is. Jeremiah chapter 1, starting with 9. Um, we're going to read 9 and 10. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have this day appointed you to the oversight of the nations and of the kingdoms to root out and pull down, to destroy, and to overthrow, to build, and to plant. Amen. And what is that telling you? Amen. Everlasting gospel. Everlasting gospel. That's right. That's it. That, that's what he's talking about. That's Get it planted. We want God to come back. We want to go home. Let's get ourselves together, get ourselves in order, get our souls right, and get this gospel preached 
and told God to come and go home. And that's what he's saying. You are to make a fresh prophecy concerning, concerning many people and race and nations and language and kingdoms. That's right. Which is the everlasting gospel to the world. To the world. I mean, there's people right around your door that don't know the gospel. Live right they next don't. right next to you, right next door to you that do not know about God. God want us to reach out and touch them. God want us to tell them about him. He want us to spread that news. It's a shame that you got a neighbor that don't know about God. You're right about that, that don't even know. Don't even know. You know, the first angel message tell us to fear God. Let's look at Psalms 34 and verse 7. We're going to read some of that. Psalm 34 and verse 7 says, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, who reverence and worship him with awe, and each of them he delivers. Oh, taste and see that the Lord our God is good. Blessed is a man who trusts and takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, reverence and worship him, for there is no want to those who truly reverence and worship him with godly fear. The young lions lack food and suffer hunger, but they who seek the Lord by right of their need and on the authority of his word, none of them shall lack any beneficial thing. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you to reverence and worshipfully fear the Lord. What man is he who desires life and longs for many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. So what he's saying is honor him, honor, worship God. That's what he's saying in that. That's what that means, to reverence, to honor him. That's right, to honor, praise him. Lift him up. That's what it means by fear him. Yeah, that's in awe. That's right. Fear, fear him. Praise him. Honor him. Worship. Give him the praise because he's worthy. He is the our heavenly father. If anybody should be praised, he is the one. Don't okay. praise your house, your right. car, your job, your money. Uh-uh. Don't do that. That's what makes God a jealous God when you do that. Praising your house, your money, your cars, and your bank account. Uh-uh. God don't want you doing that. He wants you to let go of those things. That's right. Because fear can be understood in two ways. That's right. First, there is a fear that shows itself in reverence and respect. Well, this kind is what the first angel wants to bring to our attention. Those who fear God are true believers in Him. And that's in, let's look in Revelation. Revelation chapter 11 and verse 18. 11 and 18. 11 and 18. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the heathen, the nation, raged with your wrath. Came the time when the dead will be judged and your servants, the prophets, and the saints rewarded. And those who reverence fear your name, both low and high and small and great. And the time for destroying the corrupters of the earth. 
T, that's in that is what honors God. To fear God also means to honor him in Revelation 14, 7. Let's look in Revelation 14, 7. And he cried with a mighty voice, Reverend God, and give him glory, for the hour of his judgment has arrived. Fall down before him. Pay him homage and adoration and worship him who created heaven and earth, the sea, and the springs of water. And also praise him, obey him, and glorify his name. That's All these are in Revelation. So the fear of God in the first angel message also acknowledges God as judge and creator. And, right. it, and it caused us to worship him as the judge and the creator who made heaven and earth and the sea and the springs of water. water. That's right. So praise him. Lift his name up. Don't be afraid to praise the creator. Amen. Don't be afraid to say thank you. That's right. You know, you're worthy. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be praised. And before we go on, for more of this great prophetic message, we're going to take a break and play a song. We want you to keep it locked in on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing in Time Bible Study.
Trust God, if you stop trusting, you better start right now. Better start again because I tell you, there's right. no other that'll get you through anything that you're going through. So, if you just joined us, you're listening to LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweet Thing in Time Bible Studies. And we're talking about the prophetic message. Mm. We're talking about fear God right now. The second 
fear God. There is a fear in the sense of being afraid that sooner or later God will judge this world. To the unfaithful, the message of judgment is a message of terror. That's why we often call the three angels' message God's last warning to the world. Inherent in the very notion of a warning is something to be feared. That's right. You're right. When it's the last it's warning, warning last, as they say, last call, that's the last that's call. And then it's not going to be another call. And it won't be another one. So that's a warning. That's a warning. So if we read about that which the lost will face, they indeed do have something to fear. However, as long as mercy, amen, is available, yes. God always desires to move the lost to repentance and the fear of God from being incentive to start seeking him. Let's read Revelation chapter 11 and verse 13. Revelation 11 and verse 13 says, And at that very hour there was a tremendous earthquake. One-tenth of the city was destroyed. Seven thousand people perished in the earthquake. In the earthquake. And those who remained were filled with dread and terror and were all struck and they glorified the God of heaven. So remember, so though ultimately a saving relationship with God is one based on love, sometimes people need a good dose of fear to open their eyes. Well, you know, God, God will shake us up. And if it takes a warning well, to get your attention, well, do it. Look at that big earthquake we just had in well, first of all, Turkey's first earthquake happened in the beginning of February, which is a 7.8. They had another one, which they've been having those other tremors, but they had another one, and it was a 6.7. Today, they had another one, which is a 5. Point. So what it's been doing in the buildings that were not stable, the rest of them fail. Well, we and we and more people are injured. Yeah, we're talking about this big earthquake. They yes. said, how many did it take care? It was what. Uh, so in this seven, earthquake, you're talking about seven thousand people perished in that earthquake. In this one in Turkey, so far, the count right now they say is forty-eight thousand people. Okay, that, right now that's nothing. This here was nothing compared to this one. This was 48,000. This so was 7,000. That happened over there should wake us all up. Okay, that's what I'm that's saying. Look at that. This is what he's that, talking about. That's what he's talking about. So we about. ought to also be in fear and trembling if we don't know Jesus. Yes. America, don't think that we'll, we can oh, escape going, this. We're not. Okay? We're not going to escape this. So we need to wake up and find our Heavenly Father. And get on our knees and pray. And turn from my wicked ways. So, exactly. We're what the Bible calls Sodom and Gomorrah. This is Sodom and Gomorrah right here. And in Noah's days, he said it's going to go back to that. And we are already there. 
Solomon Gamora and Noah. In other words, what the Lord is telling each of us, because of what happened over there in Turkey, if that's not a warning to all his people, I don't know what else he needs to do. That's a warning to the United States as well as it was Turkey. We are just as evil as those people there. Look at us. Exactly. And they talk about more war. They even talk about nuclear, the nuclear what they want to do to the United States. So we we need to be listening and paying attention. They say, Lord, I know it's time for you to come back. We know we got to get it together. We know we need to get so our So spread the gospel. Whatever you know, tell the world about it. We need to get ourselves in order. That's right. I mean, when I say in order, with God. With God. We need to get ourselves in line with our Savior because it's about to come up on us. You said sudden destruction. That's right. And he mean that. That's exactly what happened to Turkey. The first earthquake happened at 4 o'clock in the morning. Everybody was sleeping. Our first warning was what? What was it? What was it? 11th. 11th hour. The, up in New York was our first. 9-11. 9-11. That was in 2001. York. That was our first one. 9-11 was our first one right there. And we walked on. Now we forgot like that. All these people that died in that. Yes. Yeah. We forgot like that didn't even happen. See, God had warned us once. We got He's going to send another big one if we don't get it together. And see, and that was all those airplanes crashing into those buildings in New York. But we got more warnings to come. And you know what? In Revelation fourteen seven, you know, we have read about the mighty voice where we honor God. The judgment proclaimed here begins before the return of Christ, which is described also in Revelation fourteen fourteen through 20. Revelation 14, chapter 14, 14 through 20. We're going to read that. Again, I looked and behold, I saw a white cloud sitting on the cloud, one resembling a son of man with a crown of gold on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. Oh, I'm right. That's right. And also, you're right, pandemic was another one. Yeah. Correct. COVID-19. COVID-19. Thank you for that, sister. And another angel came out of the temple sanctuary, calling with a mighty voice to him, who was sitting upon the cloud, put in your sickle and reap, for the hour has arrived, to gather the harvest, for the earth crop is fully ripened. So he who was sitting upon the cloud swung his sickle on the earth, and the earth crop was harvested. Amen. I, I tell you. So that, then that, that, another that, angel came. That's right. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go that's ahead. all right. And you, I'm going to let you talk after this. Right. Then another angel came out of the temple, which is the sanctuary in heaven, and he also carried a sharp sickle. Mm. And another angel came forth, the altar, the angel who has his authority and power over fire. Mm. And he called with a loud cry to him who had the sharp sickle. 
put forth your sickle and reap the fruitage of the vine of the earth, for its grapes are entirely ripe. So the angel swung his sickle on the earth and stripped the grapes, gathered the vintage from the vines of the earth, and cast it into the huge winepress of God's indignation and wrath. And the grapes in the winepress were trodden outside the city, and the blood poured from the winepress, reaching as high as horses' bridles for the distance of 1,600 stadia, or about 200 miles. It is therefore, when we read that, this is therefore the same as the pre-advent judgment of Daniel 7. If you go on to read Daniel 7, you will see that it is the beginning which Daniel chapter 8 and verse 14. We're going to read that. Daniel chapter 8 and verse 14. Okay, 8, 14. Okay. And he said to him and to me, for 23 evenings and mornings, then the sanctuary shall be cleansed and restored. And that uh, that happened because it anchors in the year of 1844, which coincides with the fact that the three angels' message called people to worship God, turn away from the beast and its images. This image came into existence only after the prophetic 42 months, as with 1260 days, which ended in 1798. And so let's go in Revelation read chapter 13, verse 3 through 5. This is, that's why he tell you to study and read Daniel and Revelation, because Revelation reveals what Daniel was talking about. Right. Revelation chapter 13. Chapter 13. 3, 4, and 5 is what we're going to read. Revelation chapter 13. Mm-hmm. Three and uh, four and five. Okay. And one of his heads seemed to have a deadly wound, but his death stroke was healed, and the whole earth went after the beast in amazement and admiration. They fell down and paid homage to the dragon because he had bestowed on the beast all his dominion and authority, and also praised and worshipped the beast exclaiming who is a match for the beast and who can make war against him. And the beast was given the power of speech, uttering boastful and blasphemous words as he was given freedom to exert his authority mm -hmm. and to exercise his will during the 42 months, which is three and a half years. And you can also read that in Daniel 7. So, as the final call, which we have read in Revelation 14, 6 through 12, it goes out. The door of mercy is still open because people are still being called to turn away from Babylon and worship who? The true God. The true God, that's right. He's giving them time. He's giving them mercy. 
He's trying to get them time to turn away from Babylon before it's too late. And they won't hear the call. That's right. They won't hear the call. So we're also going to be we in Revelation 13. Let's okay. read 12 through 14. Okay. We'll finish it. Then that way we'll understand more of it. He exerts all the power and right of control of the former beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell upon it to exalt and defy the first beast whose deadly wound was healed and to worship him. He performed great signs, startling miracles, even making fire fall from the sky to the earth in man's sight. And because of the signs and miracles which he is allowed to perform, in the presence of the first beast, he deceived those who inhabit the earth, commanding them to erect a statue and image in the likeness of the beast who was wounded by the small sword and still lived. Mm -hmm. Wow. See, that's why Revelation and Daniel, and it takes a lot of studying to really, really understand these beasts and these the waters and the kings and all this. Yeah, because each, each beast stands for a king, stands for Rome, stands for... Uh, the United States are uh, exactly. one of people, and you have to uh, understand what God is saying when he speaks about East Beach, Beach and uh, the Roman Catholic, uh, and all of these things are, is in the time. And the Beast uh, takes seat, and they have changed. I was looking today. Um, they have changed just about every calendar except the United States and a couple other states. And they have set Monday as the first day of the week. Saturday mm -hmm. and Sunday is together. Sunday is the seventh day of the week. They have changed calendars throughout uh, most of the countries already. And they have made Sunday the seventh day of the week, the day of worship. They're all preparing for the seven-day brothers and sisters as Sunday being the day of worship. The beast, the Antichrist, mm -hmm. has taken his, his position to change times, days, and things like that. He's, mm -hmm. he's there. He's already taken his place. Because they have already started to change the days and things on the calendar. Monday is now for the year 2023 in, in, in uh, several countries, they've already changed their calendar. So the Antichrist is now, and this year I think is supposed to be the last time that they mess with the time. The time is going to be set. Everything has been put in place. That's right. And we're going to go back to uh, what happened in 1798 to the Pope. Okay, to the Pope. So the French troops commanded by Napoleon defeated the papal army and occupied papal states in 1796. So in 1798, upon his refusal to renounce his temporal power plus Pius was, which is the Pope, was taken prisoner 
and transported to the France. So he died 18 months later in violence. Right. So that's when they took the Pope prison in 1798. That's when he was taken captive. Yeah, that's why yeah. we was telling you about 1798. A lot of people probably didn't know that. Right. So so that's why we say his deadly wound. His deadly wound. That's mm -hmm. when the little horn was damaged. And it, they it needs to wait to be repaired. And, and now it has been. And the Pope is in full-blown, in full ready to go now. Exactly. Like when we read, and one of his heads seemed to have a deadly wound. That's what happened that's to what happened, the Pope. Right. To, but it happened to the uh, Pope. It was deadly wound. He was locked up and arrested and put in jail. And, that's and then slow. he died. And that yeah, was it yeah, of the papal yeah. Of the papal wrong, right? But he came back into power. What's happening today? Right, he's back into power, but he won't be in power long. So that's true. God reacts to the rage of the nation by revealing His power in Revelation 13, which depicts this rage, which Satan's wrath was incited. Let's go to Revelation 12:17. Revelation 12, 17. So then the dragon again was enraged at the woman, and he went away to wage war on the remainder of her seeds or remnant or descendants who obey God's commandments and who have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Those, so, go ahead. Those are God's people. That's right. He's talking about God's people right here. Right. You know? Uh, he went to raise the, the wage war with war the remnants, with, those with the that remnant, left over. The people, the God's people who keeps the commandment and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Yes. The one that lives and obey God's testimony. The one that don't live by the world or, or live in the world, but by, not by the world, not by the world law. Anything that uh, comes against God's uh, commandments. They don't. They don't agree with it. They don't have anything to do with it. This is what's getting ready to happen now with the Sunday law. The Sunday law is against God's people. It's going. That's why they're changing the calendar, putting Saturday and Sunday together. Sunday is a, is the seventh day, mm -hmm. and God's mean. people worship on the Sabbath. Which is Saturday. Mm -hmm. So when they put Saturday before, after before Sunday and make the Sunday law, that means anybody worship on any day besides Sunday is in trouble as they were when uh, Egypt and all of them was worshiped. And the Gentiles, they suffer. Israel, uh, yeah. And Israel, mm -hmm. they suffer a price. They went to jail or they was killed or whatever. Well, back in that time, that's why we're saying the little horn has been what? It's been healed. Well, what it is, like you said, history always repeats itself. So back in the day of the dark ages of the early church, 
when they went through all the persecution yeah. and everything they went through, it's it's the very thing we're going to be going through. Right. We're and it's be. time of darkness. It's going to be dark ages for God's people yes. before his second coming. So, brothers and sisters, God wants us to get ourselves together because persecution is coming. If you're not ready and you don't have it, you're not going to be standing in the last days. So we need to cut out all this bickering or arguing going on among ourselves and get and get a relationship with God so we can stand and we can help one another in the last days here. Amen. You are correct. You know, we may not finish. We're not going to finish all of this. So it will be a second part of this prophetic message because it's so important that we understand Daniel and Revelation, which is part of the end time message, which is part of the gospel, the everlasting gospel. That's what we got to remember that. And we'll be coming back Wednesday with part two, because there's so much more we have to understand, and we want you to understand through the Bible of what's going on in our end time. So we're going to play a song. We're going to Come back with some closing comments. We're going to come back with prayer and our email address. But we want you to keep it locked in on LPJ 64 with Mr. and Mrs. Sweetbank in time Bible studies. How many of you love Jesus? How many, how many of you really love Jesus tonight? And Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Look at them. Do you love him? Come on, Jesus. Yes. How I love, I love Come on, say Jesus. I love you. How I love you. Come on, say it again. Jesus. 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 How I love you.
and Omega. And Omega. The beginning. The Somebody shout, Jesus, I love you. <laughs> Ooh, Jesus, I love you. Amen. Somebody shout, I love you. Come on, say it again. There was Mormon Hudgens. I love you, Jesus. That's right. Amen. 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 I tell you, it was just. Wonderful, the Beautiful, beautiful. Yes. So we thank you so much for joining us once again on LPJ 64. Our closing comment tonight is the proclamation of the third angel's message calls for the presentation of the Sabbath truth. This truth, when others included in the message, is to be proclaimed. But the great center of attraction, Christ Jesus must not be left out. Amen. 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 Remember, put the word out there. Tell the world about Jesus. Don't forget that. Don't forget. Don't forget that. That's most important right now. Time is running out. And so many people still haven't heard. 
The heaven the good news. The good news. The, good the everlasting news. gospel. The everlasting gospel. The good news. Amen. So we're going to go into prayer and we'll come back once again. A mind to pray. Dear Almighty and Omnipotent God, our Father, our Creator, and everlasting help, we humbly approach your throne in the precious name of Jesus. We eagerly enter your gates with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise, recognizing you are infinite in power and might. The fullness of your ways are past knowing, and your majesty is both seen and felt. Your word says you will grant us the very desire and will to do those things that are pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus, the first and the last, we ask for our mind to pray and revelation to have a deeper and more intimate fellowship with you. We ask that you drive out all distractions and the cares of this life and give us a sincere heart to seek your face with great expectation and hope. Let us have the same attitude of Christ, who was totally faithful and dependent on you. In the name of Jesus, help us, Holy Spirit, to submit our minds to the purpose and plans of God while teaching us how to follow him daily. Let us turn from our wicked ways so that our sins be forgiven and that you hear our prayers and restore our land. In the name of Jesus, renew our minds and saturate them in your word that our thoughts are pure and steadfastly focused on you. Draw us near and let us listen attentively to your voice, cherishing every moment in prayer and fellowship with you. Let us desire your presence more than our natural food and give us a mind to pray and seek your kingdom above all else, while trusting you to provide all of our needs. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen. 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 And may the windows of heaven open and pour upon you a bundle of blessings. Remember, we come on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. And we also will have a second part to this prophetic message. So don't forget to join us again Wednesday to hear the rest of the message. Me here. That's right. And if you have Bible questions or you have prayer, need prayer, you can email us at robtgina50 at gmail.com. Have a blessed and wonderful week and have a blessed night. Good night.